following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Yeah, who the fuck are you? Where am I? Jesus. What is this place? My dog was sniffing What's around. What's going on? Who's like, this new guy? Who is this? Been here for the last two months. Man. Weirdo. This is nice. Things are starting to thin out a little bit, and then we're going to get busy again, but it's nice to actually be back here and do one of these and shoot the shit with you. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a but, while. It'll, it'll certainly help my voice. <laughs> Yeah, that's to carry a podcast for an hour, hour and a half by yourself is asking a lot. One of them I did a couple of weeks ago was like it ended up being like an hour and twenty, and when I got done, I was like, "My God, <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know I had it in me." For people that can do like these ball games at the high school level, like, but whether it's basketball and football, and like you don't have a partner, probably because they don't want to pay somebody. Like, you got to be in the middle of a, a halftime or whatever at the end. You got to be dead. Like, I don't know how they do well, it. Well, our guy, our guy Zweifel that does the uh, the big radio games over towards Monroe, he's always by himself. I don't know how you can. Like, I, I couldn't dream of doing a game without a partner. Well, we were just looking at our, our uh, basketball schedule, and there's a... There's a Saturday in January <laughs> where from noon to seven, there's game, 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 game. And I might leave after the first game and just see if you could make it through the last three. Thank you. I might just sit there with my headphones off where, and just watch where's you. Where's Dan? Where'd he go? <laughs> He's just not here. Somebody help. Yeah, that's the uh, the Martin Luther King thing, which we had aspirations of doing, what was that, two years ago? Yeah. And I don't know how it got. They changed the site. Mm-hmm. For one of them, and then one of the other games didn't happen. Yeah, something got. Well, it was, was it, COVID? it was COVID. It was the COVID year. Yeah, something got canceled, and yeah, we had the to, only game we did do was at was it MATC? Yeah, yeah, we had to go to Madison. This is nice. All four games will be in Janesville this right. year, which is yep. cool. Nope, two of them at Craig, two of them at Parker mornings and and afternoons or afternoons and evenings. So it should be pending anything happens again. Uh, it should be cool, and that will be that will be a broadcast first. And I again, I would probably challenge anybody, any small town station, to pull that off four games in one day. That's going to be going to be a lot. I might actually call in on Monday and say I am not coming in. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so it's the intentional foul. We're back. We are. I don't know what number this is, but we're closing in on two hundred. Are we? We're, we're, we're only a couple away. All right. So I don't know. It's what, pretty. It's that's kind of shocking. That we made it this have far, gone this far yeah. before saying the I fact that want to do this people haven't stopped listening, and the fact that we haven't said, "Yeah, we're done with this," because we've had our opportunities. We have had plenty yeah. of opportunities. But we're we're keeping it going. You've carried it through this uh, first part of the football season, which is great. And I feel like I don't know how much I'm going to be able to add because I've been so busy. I haven't watched much football. It's like I haven't watched a full Packer game, I don't think, this whole year. I haven't been able to watch the Badgers because we've been doing Mm -hmm. Whitewater stuff. So it's like I am relegated, and I only watch probably a quarter or a half. I'm relegated to now these Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday college games and Thursday night because that's those are the only nights I have free to even flip on football. So, um, 
But I'm, I'll, I'll be curious. Uh, you've done a great job following stuff and and still staying update uh, updated with things. And and the Bucks season starts tonight, so that's awesome. Uh, you were on Bear Show the other day and dropped a lot of Bucks knowledge. And some stuff has happened since then. We'll get to so. We'll run through it all. Uh, we'll start, obviously, in the NFL where we normally do, and I don't know what to do with. Uh, the, we were just talking before we were rolling, and let's like I'm I can't get mad or disappointed about this Packer season, no matter what happens. I just can't. And even though they lose to a very terrible team, they can't score any points in the first quarter, first half. It's like I, I don't know, and I don't know whether anything drastic and any changes are going to be made in a first year of a transition. That's the thing and I I know we're in a we're in a an era right now with we have to respond. We have to do something. We have to make it right. We have to do this. I don't know that anybody's going to do anything. I think this is going to be a test year and then we'll figure out how it goes next year and if things start to go the same way, then you might see that. But I don't think anything's going to happen this year. I really don't. So the people who are calling for Joe Barry to be fired, which has been multiple years now, and now we're questioning whether Lafleur is that good of a play caller or whether he's hindering his players like Aaron Jones. He keeps talking about how we need to run the ball more and get him in, and then he gets like five touches, you know. Um, And then whether he can coach Jordan Love, and his numbers were really good, and they've gone steadily down. So why? who are we blaming? What's happening? I think it's just part of the whole transition process of just figuring shit out. I really do. And I don't think, I don't think anything's going to, I don't think anybody's going to do anything. That's what I think. Worst loss since last week. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I was thinking about that the other day watching this when, when they lost and I'm like, God, that's a terrible loss. And I'm like, this is the worst loss since when? And I was thinking, and I was thinking, and I was like, oh, since the last time they played. Because mm-hmm. that team sucked, too. Mm-hmm. That team just got their ass beat by the shitty-ass Bears. Yep. Um, they got their ass beat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with you that a bunch of heads are going to roll. I don't, I, I'm not sure. That's just not really the way the Packers operate in general anyway. Yep. But... I think there's got to be some real, real concern about your quarterback and your coach. I agree. Um, I you, agree. You, you had you had ten days between the Lion game and the Raider game to to prepare, and you came out completely flat and were awful in the first half. Mm-hmm. You then had two weeks. 13 days to prepare for a Bronco team who's got a historically bad defense that gave up 70 this year. You got shut out in the first half. Like, that's one of those things that you you can't blame. You can put some blame on the quarterback, and, and you have to put some blame on the players for that. But, like, what is going on in these coaching meetings over the last month that you have not been able to come up with a game plan to even get on the board in the first half of these games. Somebody brought up a really good point, and as much as I don't, as much as I want to dismiss it very quickly, because it's just the knee-jerk reaction of people who are looking to get, you know, some sort of a a react out of somebody. 
Somebody said, thank God we had Aaron Rodgers last year because you'd have two plays called and then Rodgers would pick the play. And right now it looks like if we have two plays called, either LeFleur or John, or uh, uh, Love are making the wrong call or both of them are bad and Love just can't do it. Because it sounds like right now, the way that people are making it sound, Rodgers is responsible for not making for making Lafleur not look that bad, and right now there's nobody there to cover him because Love's just not that good right now. Mm-hmm. And I was I thought about that for a while. I'm like, that's actually not a bad viewpoint on. Well, and, and Lafleur as a coach has had this weird thing. This is what his fourth year, I think. Oh, is it fourth or fifth? They have sucked under him. <laughs> Whenever they have a bye. Whenever they come off a bye and have extra time to prepare, they have been fucking terrible. And that includes the playoffs. Oh, when they have when, the when, when they have had more than six days to get ready for an opponent, they have been abjectly awful. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. I don't get it because he talks about all the time when they have that bye in the middle of the season about how they do their own self-scout. They scout themselves, and they evaluate themselves, and they look at what's bad, and they look at what's been good. So they they don't just you know take all this extra time off. They focus really hard internally on all the things that they're doing and then make those corrections going forward. And now you play a bad team, and you come out looking worse? I don't get that. Yeah. I don't get it's, that at it's all. It's very perplexing. And you can't blame this on injuries. You had almost everybody back. And available, aside from Bakhtiari and the guys that are, you know, really, really hurt. But he got everybody back. Yeah. There were no excuses built into this. None. None whatsoever. And you still stunk. Let me tell you what I've seen so far from Love. Okay. And get your take on it. Um, Very remedial. Mm -hmm. Very weak arm. Mm Mm-hmm. The last two weeks, the game-ending interceptions that he's thrown have both been underthrown. Yep. You've relegated Christian Watson to pretty much nothing because you can't can't give him the ball. You can't deep. get the ball down the field, and really, he's. I told a couple buddies this last year, and they disagreed with me, but I think it's true. He's a one-trick pony. He's a he's a sprint guy. He's a a straight line down the field. Receiver, I'm going to outrun you exactly. And when your quarterback can't get the ball over your head, kind of relegates you to not being very important. Um, over ten yards, he's like thirty eight percent completion percentage. So everything the Packers are getting is a check down, check down, check down. And Aaron Jones obviously has missed some games, and that's been an issue. But they don't have any. They don't have anybody in those positions like they have in the past that can make plays. They're, you know, um, what is it, the rookie Reed? Jane Reed, yeah. He's been okay, yep. but not not anywhere close to what Randall Cobb was oh, as, no. as an underneath receiver. Um, Dobbs is okay, but nowhere near a possession receiver like you've had with, like, a Jordy Nelson type guy or even a Devontae to an extent. Um it's it's hard to it's hard to watch love taking away that that bear game which was 
I mean, they might as well. That might as well have been an exhibition game. It, it was the Bears were so bad that day. I'll say this for everybody, whether it's high school, college, or whatever. It's your first game. It's your first game. It's your first game. Um, he's been pretty shitty. Yeah. Yes, he has. And you know, even the touchdowns that he threw last week, the one was threw somebody else totally else. lucky. Yes. It got bound, you know, bobbled and and caught off a ricochet. The second one was the simultaneous catch, which you know, and just on a little tangent you got gene steratore in the booth who was like a head official of the nfl for decades saying on air it should have been an interception they call it on the field a touchdown and then you go to the rule book and you get like three different answers if you read the rule book this is why i always say the nfl's got too many rules that should be you know what you both catch it whoever gets off the ground first with it gets it that's that's who gets it wrestle for it this this I'm just gonna guess type of thing, dumb. But anyway, it didn't it didn't affect the outcome of the game. It just gave me a chance to tell you that the Packers get all the calls. I, you just relish <laughs> in getting those every time that happens. But this team should be one and five. If Derek Carr doesn't get hurt in that Saint game, they probably lose, and they still could have lost because the kid had a chance to kick the game winning field goal and he missed it. Mm-hmm. So he should probably be one and five. The Packers are sitting at one and five behind the Bears. Now, yes. Now, I think it's things might look a little different from your guys' perspective. But, I mean, he's got 10, 11 games left. And I, I feel like Love is in the same situation that Fields is. Like, it's a really good quarterback class next year in the draft. And if the Packers end up with a top eight, seven pick I don't know how they don't take a quarterback right I mean are you going to roll the dice with this guy that you, yeah, I don't so know maybe if memory serves did we did we and I, I'd have to go back because my mind is just a pile did we sign we didn't pick up his fifth year option but we signed him to a contract for an extra year that is above what the fifth year option would have paid, or something like something that? like that. But I'm sure. But I'm sure they can. Year? I'm sure they can get out of that. Okay, is this or, is last year or is next year's last year. I'm this not. Is, even sure. It's year four, so so the next year. Yeah. Okay. But they could certainly move off of I'm them. Sure. There's no question. Yeah. Um. If if there's something sitting there in April that they feel is a, a better long term decision, but I I didn't think I didn't see this happening for the Packers at this point. I thought, you know, I thought this team had a chance to win eight, nine, ten games. I don't see it. I don't think they're going to get to six at this point. Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, I I haven't thought about what's coming. You know, everybody's all up in arms about the Caleb Williams thing, and we can get into it with the NIL because there's been some rumors about that, about how he's not going to, come out because he can make more money in college than playing for a shitty team on a on a rookie deal and whatnot. But um, that's interesting because I'm really not a fan of giving things one year. But it, it's, it's kind of only one year. It is. It's a full-time one year because you've seen him in practice for multiple years. With Rodgers gone, he's had to work with the ones in practice. Mm-hmm. And now he's getting the full-time responsibility, and it's only 
your first year on that. There have been a lot of ups and downs with people in and out of the lineup. Your offensive line has been, I mean, this I didn't expect this from the offensive line this year. Usually the plug-and-play approach has been working phenomenally. Right. And this year, I don't know, Elton Jenkins has been an all-pro, and yeah, he's had a knee thing, but he's been abysmal. Um, so I don't know what's been happening there. You've got a lot of things that have gone wrong other than just the quarterback position. Sure. But I also like to have a backup approach in that, okay, if this year goes so terribly, maybe we get somebody and that lights a fire. And if things go badly, here's the new guy. But I don't know whether you want to waste that capital on a backup. That's plan. the thing. It's one thing to it's one thing when the thirty second pick right. is is your backup. It's another thing if the seventh pick right. is your backup. Because now you're now you're Jordan Love and you've basically told me I'm not your guy. Right? You're not gonna pick somebody or in the top ten as a quarterback. We still hope you are. But this guy's already right in the first quarter of the season. But that's where, again, it's kind of like, well, if you have any belief in Jordan Love, you can't take a quarterback because you need to take somebody else there to help right. him, whether it's an offensive lineman to to plug a hole or it's another skill position player. you got to get him more help. I agree. It's a tough spot. The Packers have... I almost kind of found themselves in here. I almost want to see it happen just so the inevitable Brian Gudekins barrage of questions <laughs> comes his way. And he has to basically admit, I made a bad pick. That was a bad decision on my part. We forced out the other guy too early because we wanted to play this guy, and he wound up sucking. Because Aaron's still a Packer. If, the, if, if that doesn't pick him. Yes. I agree 100%. Wholeheartedly. Whether we like you like the guy, don't like the guy, think he's on his on his last legs. But or the not. love pick set in motion this yep. entire chain of events mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, now the GM's responsible for running the quarterback out of town in favor of a guy that he picked when nobody else expected him to be the guy. And I don't like the I don't like the comparison between young Rogers and young love because as far as well when the Packers got Rodgers at 24... It was a steal. He should have been number one. Correct. At worst, number two. So that was a, that was an instance of, we can't fucking believe this guy's right. here. We have to take him. And I and I totally understand Jordan, that. And that's at least defensible. Right. Where Jordan Love was more of a, oh my God, the Packers took this guy in the first round. Right. The other thing is, you know, it was 13, 14 years ago now, so you try to remember back... I feel like you saw from Rodgers that first year, even though the Packers went like 6-10, and 10, you saw things from him where you're like, yeah, this guy's going to be good. And that team was loaded with offensive talent around him to help that I don't see this roster having. And the limited amount of snaps that I've seen him play in the games that I have watched, I can't make that determination because he doesn't make long throws and he doesn't drop dimes into guys, and half of the stuff right now is out to the sideline or underneath. Safe. Safe yeah. stuff. Yep. It's like, how can we tell if this guy's good when he's taking his third, fourth, and fifth reads? Well, and that's and that's where you wonder, too, is is the play, it goes back to Lafleur with the play calling. Are they are they a little too conservative with him right now? Or, or they don't or, have confidence. Or 
is love checking down. And I don't know enough about right that stuff at the line of scrimmage in real time to give you an answer, but it's an interesting question. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get disappointed. I'm more curious to see how the regular season pans out. And then, of course, me being me, at the end of April, what they do with what they have mm-hmm. and, and, and the direction that they go. But, you know, like we were talking about, a lot of people are kind of up in arms about whatever. Given the state of the team and the success that we've had in previous, I, I, I can't. I can't be angry and I can't be frustrated. It's only six games. I mean, if they're 2-10, if they're not, not you know the two and ten, four and twelve. They end the season four and thirteen or something. Then you got to be going, oh shit, right? This was because, like I said, I think most people thought, okay, they're not a contender, but they should, they could be a contender for the playoffs and should at least be as good as last year. They haven't been. No, they haven't been. No, so they've been remarkably worse. Um, the team that. Uh, we lost to, you guys kicked the shit out of. I was watching a little bit. I was like, really? I didn't, okay. I didn't watch much. Um, it's a good day to do some yard work. I understand. And I, um, I just didn't really care that much if Fields wasn't playing because it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, I, I think next year's Bears quarterback is not currently in the building. Um, Nice story for Tyson Bagent. I love the story. Um, Division it, two undrafted. Yeah. Yes, is he the new Brock Purdy? In a word, no. Uh, but got to start. Got to win. Fifty some relatives in the stands. That, you know, that's all cool stuff. Like you said, D two. Um, sounds like he's going to get to start this week again mm-hmm. with Fields' uh, injured thumb. But um, this is just. Uh, this is just kicking the can down the road at the t- at, for right now. The, they're um, playing the string out, seeing what they got at probably every other position on the field other than quarterback. Because I think, I think um, if the Bears uh, front office has eyeballs, they know that these two guys are not it. Can we confirm that? Yeah. Whether they do, um, whether they have eyeballs or not, <laughs> the defense has been okay the last two weeks, but. No Justin Jefferson last week in the Viking game. Right, got a break there. Backup quarterback yep. for the Raiders this week. Um, so let's was, not it, get was it Hoyer? Was it was it Brian Hoyer? Did I Hoyer think? play? I think so. That sounds right. Um, so how that guy keeps getting in getting starts in the NFL is just that's one of those things where it just proves that there. <laughs> it shouldn't be this hard to play quarterback. <clears throat> shouldn't shouldn't. There's like five people in the world that can do it at a high level and everybody else is kind of meh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's, I don't really think there's a lot to say about this game. Like I said, it doesn't really mean much. Sure. Both teams stink. I think, I think the biggest takeaway from it is the fact that like, how the fuck did this Raider team beat the Packers the week before? I mean, I, I understand Garoppolo played, but Garoppolo didn't play defense. And the Raider defense completely shut down the Packers for the most part. They had a little flurry in the second half. Um, Bears put up, well, they scored 31, was a pick six. Bears put up 23 on them with a backup quarterback. So that's that's just one of those, that's one of those NFL things weekly that you see the score and you're kind of like, what? 
How is that possible? I thought this team stunk. They might still. Yeah. Well, they do. They do. <laughs> All right. Uh, other week seven results. Boy, Jacksonville and New Orleans. Anybody watch that one? No, I forgot it was on. On Amazon Prime. Um, Poor Al Michaels. Are the Jaguars, do they have a good record right yeah, now? Yeah, they're 5-2. Like and 5-2? Two. and two? Mm-hmm. I think they've won four in a row. They beat like the that. Colts twice. Already? Yeah. Oh, wow. But. Okay. 5-2 and two is 5-2. and two. One point game between the Colts and the Browns. I saw pictures of the uniforms beforehand. Did you see what the Colts were wearing? Yeah. Black helmets and like didn't all like, blue. Didn't like them. No. Didn't like them at that, all. That was the that was the Some main. of these some of these teams need to not be screwing so much with their uniforms. Just concentrate on football. Maybe. I mean, some of the throwback stuff is cool, but Correct. these these off color alternate, you know, color rush. Right. Nah, nah. I'm good. You're good. I, I was really surprised at the score of this game. You had Gardner Minshew right. playing for the Colts because Richardson's, Richardson's out, out for the year. year. Mm-hmm. And then you had P.J. Walker again come in because Watson got hurt. 39-38. to 38. Like, How you scoring so that's crazy. Points, yeah, Should be in the teens <laughs> at that point. Uh, I watched the end because they switched over. I watched the end of the Patriots-Bills and Buffalo couldn't stop New England from scoring with under 30 seconds to go. And I, what did I see that that was career win number? It was some sort of uh, uh, even number win for for Belichick. Yeah, I don't know. If, I, I can't I, maybe, remember what it was. was. It like 500, 600, one, one of those. Something yeah. like that. Because he's not he's not super far away from Shula. Right. Um, but that was a little a little surprising. And Buffalo what plays the, tonight. I mean. Buffalo's got three losses, and they are to New England, the Jets without Rodgers, and and uh, uh, the one over in uh, London. London, I, I can't remember who that Jacksonville. was. Jacksonville, yes, but they should have lost to the Giants. So here, here's this might be your playoff team that doesn't from last year that doesn't get in. It's possible, and it's a Super Bowl pick for a lot of people. Yeah. So, uh, boy, can you imagine watching the Giants and the Commanders? Wow. What I hear today, Sam Howell's been sacked 40 times already. Really? Yeah, he's on pace to break Carr's record? David, David, David Carr's Carr. record yes. from several years ago he with got, Houston. He got murdered. 40, though, in seven games? That's unbelievable. And people are like, well, you know, he looks like he's got happy feet. Yeah! Yeah, because he keeps getting his bell rung every week. I mean, come on. Probably scared for his life. Falcons kick a last-second field goal. They had the guy up on his shoulders. Um, I don't know who the guy was. I don't know kickers. Koo. Um, young young something Koo. An Asian guy. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, but I didn't even know. That's good for them, I guess. He had an Adolis Garcia-level bat flip, except with his helmet oh, after, really? he, after he won it. Just ripped his helmet off and chucked it. Pretty, pretty nice. <laughs> uh, Baltimore just – this was a little shocking. Very. Very shocking. Detroit got absolutely clobbered by the Ravens, thirty-eight to six. Uh, people are saying Lamar is now the front runner for the MVP. Oh God! Mm-hmm. Um, just, just reporting. Uh, apparently, Pat Mahomes retired. Just reporting. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> this is just one of those games. I think you kind of just chalk up to the schedule. Um, Detroit's good. I, I don't. This doesn't really change my opinion of them. Baltimore at home, they got a couple things to go their way. Lamar played great, but I I still like this Lion team. They're gonna they're gonna be a problem down the road. So the Rams kicker missed two field goals and an extra point. 
let's see, that's seven points, and the Steelers beat the Rams by seven. And now Mason Crosby tried out for them yesterday. Oh, really? They had a bunch of players in, and Crosby was one of them. Wow. Wow. I don't know how Pittsburgh keeps winning these games. Their offense is is brutal, but... The Colters went out to see Keanu Mm -hmm. in L.A., and they posted a picture down in the tunnels with him in all of his pads and whatever. They look about as tall as this microphone stand. Really? <laughs> they Just, look so dinky. That's funny. Next to Keanu Benton. Is he, I know he got the one sack, I he's, think, he's on getting Monday more PT. Night. Is he? He is. Okay, he's, he's getting, and we don't get a lot of Steeler games right, here. Right, Unless you get the package, you can watch whatever, but apparently he's getting more PT. Ah, so, good for him. So they're liking him as a rookie. Uh, Seahawks double up the Cardinals 20-10. to 10. Yeah, just mm-hmm. ugly game. Seahawks are pretty banged up. Metcalf didn't play, but able to escape with a win. Well, you talked about the uniforms. They're going to be wearing their throwbacks. Yeah, the, the old the blues. The blues, and yeah. I saw that uh, which looks good. Tennessee's wearing the old Oilers. Oh, really? Which I mean, dude, I love the old. Those Oilers. are those are throw unbelievable I mean, uniforms. Love, love those. Yeah, shades of Warren Moon and yep. Eddie George and absolutely family back in the day and stuff. All right, uh, where do we leave off? Kansas City beat the Chargers. Man, the Chargers just—they <laughs> what, what just they do now? what they do. They're two and four. Oh boy, they're—I don't know. I, I just uh, until they get a real head coach, it's hard. They're to still believe. in their darling, though. Well, it's because they have a lot of talent. Well, and and they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but there's just something off. There's something off there, and. I think it's the coach. I just don't think they're very well coached, very well prepared. Philly beat Miami uh, on Sunday night. Didn't watch that game. Well, Miami has played two good teams. Well, we think Buffalo is good. They were good a couple weeks ago. And then Philly, obviously. Both teams are extremely physical. Miami seems to be a little bit of a finesse team. And that's not shocking. Right. You know, um... But if they want to win in January, they're going to have to figure that out because you're either going to be playing a really physical team or you're going to be playing in shit weather. Right. So, Or they're, both. They're going to have to figure that out. And they've they've been relying on all this speed that they have. Yeah, you got to go but, a couple hundred miles north for all of your division games. Exactly. So, And then Monday night, I couldn't even believe. I went to bed at half. I watched, I watched uh, Addison... Rip the ball out of the defense, the defender's hands, just before halftime. And I, Jane and I, obviously the Vikings fan, and I just like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Well, it's a terrible throw. First, oh, first of all, so bad, terrible throw. You got your receiver yeah. making plays. Yeah. And if you're the your Ward, I think that was the guy who was back there. It's like you're just left on the turf watching this guy run the ball. Think in. he took any shit in film session that oh this my week? God, I bet they just get in the weight room. Just hammered him. Yeah, go do something, but good win for Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of season saver for them. Right. Yeah, no, they and they've moved up to what now? Three and four. Three and four. Yeah. Uh, Bengals, Cowboys, Titans, Jets, Panthers, and Texans all on the bye. And so now we go to week eight, starts tonight with Buffalo and Tampa. Here's a must win for Buffalo. You can't drop this one at home. No, you can't. At all. You can't. But I won't watch a second of it because the Bucks are on, and Ronnie, you're this is that. just not that interesting of a game anyway. Oh, I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, Rams go to the Cowboys. Uh, 
Cowboys better watch out. Okay. Cowboys better watch out. This Ram, the Ram offense is pretty decent. I mean, they've got Cooper Cup back. Stafford seems to be pretty healthy. That Puka Nakua, the other wide receivers, done a nice job. They can run the ball a little bit. Um, it's just hard to trust Dallas. It's hard to trust McCarthy. It's, it's hard to truck da- trust Dak. It's the same thing that we talked about with Detroit at the beginning of the season when a lot of people pick them. It's like, do you really pick the Lions against history? But the Cowboys' successes have been the same way. It's like you think because of past successes you have to trust them, but you can't. You can't. Because they'll let you down I, every time. I still like their defense even without digs, but I, I just week to week – I don't know what the hell I'm getting out of Dak. Yeah, and that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, try to get tickets to this. It's the day before my birthday. It didn't uh, didn't come through for Packers and and Vikings, but still, it would have been would have been cool for Jane and I to go up there. I think that's uh, Minnesota's going to come in here and eat them alive. Well, I I mean I think um, I think Cousins going to have like 400 yards passing. I think a must win for the Packers for for the season. Um, if you're two and five, I don't see any chance of you making any kind of a playoff push. I read that Minnesota has blitzed fifty times more than the closest team below them. Really? Well, they got Flores, and that's kind of his thing. Like, and can you imagine that with the Packers' offensive line, the way they've performed right now, and a technically rookie quarterback starting in his first year mm-hmm. of full time? This could be a, could like be ugly, right for the picking. Yep. Despite it being at Lambeau, but we've kind of learned that playing at Lambeau doesn't mean much anymore. Um, Falcons are four and three. I guess I didn't know that. Which, yeah, I mean, and they're not good, and their quarterback has not played well. But are they going to go to Tennessee and get to five and three? Um, yeah, because Tannehill stinks. That's what I mean. You know, like this is a benefit of the schedule. Of course, this is what this is like the exact kind of a game, though, that Tennessee wins and Derrick Henry runs for like 220, where everybody kind of writes them off. They stink. They don't have this. They don't have that. But it's like, well, they still got Derrick Henry and they have an excellent coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee wins this one at home, but okay. I'm not gonna pay attention to it at all on Sunday. That's for sure. Three and four New Orleans at three and four Indianapolis. Next, man. There's there's a couple of rough ones here in a row. That's one of them. Uh, Dolphins got to win uh, against the Patriots. They can't let New England come to Miami and win. Yeah, New England always those New England Miami games are always interesting. They they always seem to be close. But yeah, coming off of a loss, I have a hard time believing Miami's losing that one at home. Okay, what are we asterisking these for? Uh, well, you skipped one here. This did I? This oh yeah, Jets wonderful, wonderful Sorry. matchup oh, of the in the New York, the New York teams area, sure. that nobody outside of New York gives a shit about. No, um, I, I asterisked a couple because I thought they were probably the better games of the week. Okay, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. I would agree. I uh, I'm not sold that either of these teams are that good. Okay. They've got good records. At this point, um, Jacksonville is 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 kind of hot, even though I they haven't really played the best competition. But um, I don't know. This is just an interesting one to watch. I don't really have a prediction because I I haven't been able to figure either one of these two teams out. But 
Should be a good game. I mean, you're not getting up Sunday morning to watch Jacksonville play over in England on on all these games that they're going. No, no, okay, no, I didn't think so. I'm usually sleeping. Philly at Washington. This should be a win for the Eagles, I would assume. Well, we thought that last year when they were undefeated and Washington got them. So Washington's feisty. They are. They are feisty. They've got a couple of guys that can do some stuff, but they just know consistency. And Ron Rivera is their coach. Right. Did you star the 3-3 three and three Texans at the 0-6 Panthers just because of the uniforms? No, I did for the rookie quarterbacks. Okay. Battle number one versus number two. Ah, all um, right. Stroud versus Young. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for another Panther loss. Keep that number one pick in the Bears' pocket. Uh, four and two Cleveland against four and two Seattle out in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I I haven't seen whether or not Deshaun Watson's going to play. Um, I have a hard time believing if PJ Walker is the starter that they go into Seattle and win that game. Seattle's another one of those teams this year. I haven't loved what I've seen from them. They're four and two, mm-hmm. but. I don't think they've played great. Geno Smith has been all right, but he hasn't been as good as he was last year. And it feels like last year was more of a magical year, and this year it's like, okay, everybody knows they're coming. Right, I feel, yeah, I feel like people are are prepared for it this right. year. I mean, they, they're, they have the nice win against the Lions in Detroit in, like, week two. But other than that, it hasn't been super impressive. That's fair. Um, is this going to be a game that Kansas City should decimate its opponent, but somehow the underclassed opponent keeps it tight, or are they, they actually going to murder him? I don't think Mahomes has ever lost to Denver. Okay. So, but is it going to be by 30-some, or is it going to be like I'm by not, six or seven? Uh, I would say double digits, but okay. I, I don't know that Kansas City's offense is quite that potent like it used to be. Um, I mean, they can get to 30, but... I don't see him getting, like, 45. You know okay. what I mean? That's fair. Uh, Baltimore and Arizona. Yeah, this should be a walk for Baltimore. I say that might be ugly. Uh, Bengals at 3-3 three and three at the Niners, 5-2. and two. Yeah, B- Bengals coming off of a bye. Everybody should have been able to kind of heal up. Um, and this is a huge game for, really, for both teams. I mean, the Niners coming off two straight losses, banged up, no Debo. Brock Purdy hasn't looked particularly great the last two weeks. McCaffrey's a little dinged up, even though he did play. Um, if Cincinnati could go in and win this one on the road, I think it could turn their season around. But um, I would be surprised. I think the Niners will get this one at home. Okay. Sunday night. Why? Why? A combined four and nine Bears and Chargers in L.A. Why? It's it's like they it's like they were sitting in New York when they made this schedule out. They said, they said, you know what we should do? The last Sunday in October, just to fuck with Saunders. Let's put his shitty ass Bears on on a Sunday night, so he has to watch nine hours of football. Let's let's do that to him. And the weather's gonna Thanks, be guys. so bad where you're gonna have nothing else to do. Well, and and it's gonna it's out in L.A., so you know, sixty percent of the stands is gonna be Bear fans. Um. If the Chargers lose this game, their coach will be fired. Oh, you can't you can't lose at home to a backup rookie quarterback um, to put yourself at two and five. I, I just don't see it. This is a this is a career ending game for for Staley, I believe is his name. 
Um, but I I don't see any way the Bears go in and win this one. Okay. Monday night, the Lions hosting the Raiders. Interesting. Yeah, kind of a, a get-right game for Detroit, I, I would I would hope, for their sake. Um, I think Vegas has proved they're, they're not very good, regardless of who their quarterback is. All right. Um, okay, now... I like this. Who are who are we're hedging our bets on for the top pick? And between the Bron- the teams with the worst records, Broncos, Cardinals, Bears, Panthers, I'm going to take the Patriots out, even though they've only got two wins. I don't think they're going to be up there. Um, I'm going to take the Giants out just because they're going to win some games, I feel like, when they shouldn't. I would agree with that. I'm going to take the Packers out because they just can't, collapse as unmercifully as they should. Uh, right now, Carolina's 0-6. Mm. I'm going to take the Bears out as well. I think they're going to win a couple of more games. I do, too. I don't think they're going to be in the mix for that. I think it's only if Carolina is. Man, I'm going to take Tennessee out because for the reasons that you mentioned in their game, they've still got some guys and a decent head coach. And with the Panthers 0-6 right now, the Cardinals, I mean... They stink. Yeah. But I, do we want to get, bet against Sean Payton? I know the Broncos have a couple of wins. Um, It's just hard to it's hard to believe they're that bad. I know. Right? That's what I mean. I mean, uh, like, Ru- you need to be really, really well, whatever, bad to get a one yeah, pick. Whatever you think about Russell Wilson. Right. He's not, like, the third worst quarterback in football. He shouldn't lead a team to such a bad season where you get the number one no. pick. No. You just shouldn't. Exactly. And and especially with a coach like that who's had a proven track record of success. So I'm going to take Denver out. And see, this the night, This is fluid. Oh, yeah. This is fluid yeah, yeah. because New England coming off a big win. Yep. But you know what? If they lose four in a row now and they're sitting at two and nine, then they're in Matt, the Matt, Mac seat. Jones ain't the future. Now, right. now all of a sudden they're in the mix. So this is very fluid. I'm still going to go with out of the – Eight that you have listed, I'm going to go with Arizona or Carolina. I don't think that the Panthers are going to go winless, but I also know that Arizona's only got one win, and I just, for some reason, think that the Cardinals are going to wind up worse than the Panthers. I don't know how. But I'm going to go with Arizona to get the number one pick, as well, much as and, that might disappoint you. And the Bears play both of those teams this year. They play Carolina and I think, so, Week 10. So you guys aren't getting the pick. No. Carolina week 10 and Arizona like the second or third to last week. So that could be... There or here? I don't remember. Okay. But see, the interesting thing with, with the Cardinals is I've been hearing some stuff that they expect Kyler Murray to play this year. Just like the Jets expect Rodgers to if, play this if year. Kyler Murray is going to come back and play, he's not trying to lose games. No, that's true. So, that's an interesting subplot to watch, too. I mean, we're so early. We're only seven weeks in. We're not even halfway through the season. But, yeah, right now, Carolina is definitely in the driver's seat, which means the Bears are in the driver's seat. So, that's (laughs) nice. Got to get one once in a while. Right. No, I understand. Uh, Anything else in the NFL? We got almost 45 minutes on that. That's good. I'm good. 
Uh, college football, haven't watched, uh, again, a whole lot of Badgers. We have it on in the booth when we do Whitewater games, so we just kind of uh, randomly get that. They had such a late kickoff that we finished, we went downtown Whitewater um, to Station 1, formerly Hammers, mm. on the corner there, and we saw Wisconsin put together that last drive, throwing to a lineman eligible, mm-hmm. which was unbelievable. Um, and yes... Your analysis is right on where they showed Bielema in, in that last series and a side shot. He looked in that orange pullover like a giant pumpkin. Yeah, it, I mean, we're we're Halloween time of year. I said at the time it was a giant traffic cone. I thought Linus was going to come out with his blankie sucking his thumb, standing next to Bielema during the game, you know, the great pumpkin coming out. <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> I... I'm happy that Luke Fickle didn't have to go to work Monday knowing that he lost to not only maybe the worst team in the Big Ten, but Bielema. That's a stretch. There's some, yeah, yeah maybe there, not there, the worst, but there's some bad ones. But Illinois is not good. Well, especially to the to the team that got the previous coach fired. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what happened, and now you can't beat him either. Right. Right. What did we bring you here for? Um, but the Badgers still, I mean, uh, the the quarterback, his name escaped Raiden Locke. Raiden Locke made a couple of nice plays, um, but that's still not a very good team. No, it's not. Um, They're 14.5-point underdogs Ohio State, and I think that's generous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Iowa going to Iowa. Iowa gets a big win against the Badgers, and then and they, they go shit their pants. And, 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 you, and you keep the Badgers somewhat in the mix. Which they're but not. the Big Ten West is terrible. Yes, it is. Um, thank God for the Big Ten that USC is going to come in and save that half of the conference. Oh, there's, there's not going to even be halves. Well, it's just going to be one long list of conference of one long list of teams. That'll change. They they've changed five times in the last ten years. Uh, they'll they'll end up top two teams go. So it doesn't matter if you're winning the Big Ten West or not. Or, or the East. If you're one of the top two teams with the best two record, if you're both in the West, you're both in the East, you're playing for the Big Ten Championship. Well, Doesn't matter. After year five of of it being Ohio State-Michigan, I think people, the other teams around the conference might have some questions about that. I'll but, be curious whether they knock off a, a non-conference game so they can play more because the conference will be so big and they, and they want more of those. Listen, uh, I don't know why we need to... I, you know, I don't know what good it does for these power conferences, especially now that they've become some of these super conferences. Why are you playing Alcorn State? I get why Alcorn State wants to play. Well, I don't understand why you want to play that game. They didn't want to get paid. It doesn't you know? do you any good. No, none. So you might as well play another conference game. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, but they like the draws of, you know, uh, Notre Dame and and uh, Wisconsin or the Badgers in Alabama next well, yeah, year. Yeah, you can do those. Like but it's the it's the They're sisters South Dakota yeah, next year. It's the sisters of the poor that come in in September that you well that you used to beat fifty five to ten right that now you beat twenty four to fourteen but still those games are not necessary. Nope, I'm so. I'm with you a hundred percent. So God, remember those days? I do, and those were great times. <laughs> Back when we were younger, and now we were, it's like we were kids. Now we get nervous for those. Back when we were in our thirties, like <laughs> not so long way ago. back, about six, seven years, six, ago. seven years ago. That's right. Yeah. Uh, baseball playoffs. I once the Brewers get done, 
you know, in the playoffs, I, I just lose interest in some of this stuff. I'm not watching TNT or FS1 or any, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not into it that much. I mean, it's great that these uh, ALCS and NLCS series went seven games. It's probably good for the sport. It's good drama. Uh, nobody likes the Astros outside of, of Houston, I don't think. Uh, the National League series was fine, but now you've got an all-wild card World Series and no team east of the Mississippi involved. And I'm not sure Major League Baseball likes that very much because who on the East Coast and the Northeast is paying attention? I don't think anybody, really. No, I agree. Um, I, I actually found myself watching a lot. Did you? Okay. Um, not, you. not Not full games. But I would watch a couple innings, and then I might switch to something and then come back. Um, I'm shocked Arizona came back and beat Philadelphia. Um, The way Philadelphia was hitting the ball out of the ballpark there in the middle of that series for, um, for Arizona to come back and win was very surprising. And I was surprised Texas... Um, no, no home team won a game in that series. All seven games were won by the road team in the Houston, Texas series, which is crazy. I know that. I saw that stat, and I was like, "That's unbelievable." Um, Texas's lineup is impressive. They've got some. I mean, Adolis Garcia, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. Those dudes are good. That is that is a nice trio of guys to have. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I'm with you. I don't. I don't think it's a great thing for baseball. I, I hate to get into that because any if the Brewers ever do make a World Series, everybody else is going to say how it's not good for baseball. So right. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit sensitive to that. I'm not saying it's not good for baseball because Arizona and Texas are smaller markets, but yeah, I think the fact that there are two teams that aren't very recognizable, there are two teams that aren't on national TV much during the regular season. Two teams that did not win their divisions, even though Texas was was right there till the last day. Um, I don't know if it's a great thing for for baseball. Um, it does kind of say the regular season's not that important. It does say home field advantage is not important anymore, and I think that's a thing across sports. Um, with the secondary market stuff now, and how easy it is to get a ticket, mm-hmm. I don't think home court is or home field advantage is that big of a deal. Um, but I'll tune in a little bit. I'll, I'll keep tabs on it. I'm probably not going to sit around and watch full games. Um, I do want to say, like in in the NFL, we've got like Buck and Aikman, Romo and Nance. Um, I know a lot of Packer fans hate Buck and Aikman. I know there's a lot of people that get annoyed by Romo. Um, but I think they're very good at their job. I think in the NBA, there's there's people. There's Mike Breen. There's been Van Gundy over the years. There's Kevin Harlan. There's guys that are very good. I'll tell you what. Listening to John Smoltz during a baseball game, guy's brilliant. He's brilliant. I mean, he he's calling pitches almost two and three pitches before they're thrown <laughs> as he's watching right. how approaches are, what the count is, what the situations are. I mean, it, it's it's really fun to listen to a guy like that. You know, he's a little he's a little monotony 
not a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. but he's very, very smart, and I've I've really enjoyed listening to him this postseason. I would like to see him and Brian Anderson together. Brian Anderson is Who's is he with, with he's with um, Frank Coor and Darling on TBS. Gotcha. Smoltz is with I want to say maybe Joe Davis. Okay. On Fox, right. so they don't yep. work together. But yeah, I I just been very impressed. I thought the um, I thought the baseball announcing for the playoffs has been excellent. And you don't get that all the time these days. Right. So good, right. good for them. Okay. Um, just had news break in the last 24 hours as we record this that, um, and I, I, it shouldn't be breaking news. I think whenever we saw David Stearns go to New York and the fact that the Brewers didn't re-up Craig Council in the said world, we'll look at that after the season. I think anybody could put two and two together that Stearns is going to want Council to go manage New York. Um, and we've got some other information from one of our friends that that might not just be what it is, but, um, <clears throat> you know, counsel interviewing with the Mets. And I think you have to, if you're him, just to do your diligence. And if you want to use that as leverage, whether you want to come back to Milwaukee, whether you want to take a year off, whether you want to retire, whatever, you at least got to see what's out there. So there's no malice there for me. I don't, I don't blame him for doing that. I wouldn't blame him if he takes the job out there. Yeah, and the Brewers "quote unquote" gave permission for the Mets to interview him, but because it wasn't at, at the, the end, end of the end day, of his yeah, he's yet. like a free agent in like right. five he, days, yeah, so it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Um, the leverage thing is possible, but I have a hard time believing that money was an issue between him and the Brewers. Um, I, I just look at it kind of like, why would you want that job? Just from a just look at it as a purely baseball perspective. Why would you want to go into the division with the Braves and the Phillies? Right. Uh, seriously, because your talent is not as good as theirs. It's not. The only reason you do that is because they have a willingness to spend money to try and compete with them. Okay. But we've so, seen that for years with the Mets. I know that. You know? But you might get some input now where you think you can do better than the previous people that can. It's like, I've watched from afar as you guys have fucked this up. If you're going to spend the money, let me tell you how we should spend it and where we should put it, Mm -hmm. and maybe we can compete with these teams. Fair. And maybe there are people who think that they can do that, and he might be one of them. I don't know. It's possible. You know, it's it's one of those ones where... You just kind of scratch your head. It's like, why would Sean Payton take that Bronco job? Why why would you want to... Why would you want to go into a division with Herbert and Mahomes? Why would you, you know, and that's kind of where I look at it from the baseball perspective. It's like, that might be the tough, and, and you got Florida, uh, Miami, who just right. made the playoffs. Right. You got three teams in that division that just made the playoffs. I'm, it's, it would be, it would be a, an odd decision to go from where you have a chance to win your division every year in the Central to and your home and your home to going out to New York where yeah you're going to have a higher payroll but, but you're going to be under so, a million times much more scrutiny so much more scrutiny and you're in a tougher division yep. so i i don't know i mean you asked me before we got on if he took the Mets job would i like hate counsel and think he's a traitor uh no cuz i don't really care about managers that much <laughs> i mean if he goes, he goes. Yeah. I had somebody at work say to me, you know, a good riddance, I hope he goes and he can take all of his, you know, analytical, stupid decisions with him. And like I told my friend at work, um, if you think that 
those decisions were all coming from Craig Council, you haven't been paying attention to the Brewers. Those are baseball operations decisions that get funneled down. Craig has some input, mm-hmm. no question, but um, that's an organizational philosophy. That's not a managerial thing. I, was just I, I say, don't believe. And do you think the next guy's not going to be put, you know, do you think they're going to go so way back old school that they're just going to abandon all this stuff that is now the no, wave? No, because of... I think if I think they will promote from within. I think the next brewer manager, if it's not Craig Council, is going to be Rick Sweet. The triple A manager who has watched Sal Fralick, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer, Bryce Terang, Jack, Jackson Churio. He's seen all these guys come up through the ranks here the last couple of years, plus all of these pitchers Uribe, Peralta. Um, that would be the logical thing to me, and that might even allow a guy like a Pat Murphy to stay yeah. on. Um, Council might move upstairs too with the Brewers. That that wouldn't shock me. And as we've talked about a million times, his kids are playing college baseball. And if he wants to take five years and go watch him, God bless you. You don't have that to be shit there don't, for, that shit does not last forever. And, it goes in the blink of an eye, it's over. And when you're a GM, you don't have to watch every game. You don't have to be there for You got a staff game. for that. Right. Yeah. You, you can do your job pretty much anywhere. Yep. So all right. Um, NBA season started what two nights ago, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now we've that was a couple of West Coast games, I think. Yep, ring night in Denver. Ah, got to watch them beat the uh, Lakers beat again. The Lakers, right? And then did Phoenix go to Golden State and beat them? Yep, yep. So we okay. saw so that's, not, that's not too bad. No, two matchups to Chris, open the season. Chris Paul's first game with the Warriors, and uh, uh, Bradley Beal didn't play for the Suns, but um. They, they were able to pull that win out. So, yeah, and then last night, everybody else, everybody in the league has played so far except the Bucks and Philly. And, Phil, you're right. they're, 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 and the Lakers are playing tonight, tonight, I think, yep. against Phoenix. Correct. Okay. Yep. So Because uh, there's only two games tonight. The Bucks are one of them. So, yeah, it's uh, it's underway. It's here. The big I, news I'm excited. was the Giannis extension, obviously, which it's been interesting reading a lot of the stuff and hearing the comments from him, which apparently he was not scheduled to speak on media day. But because this whole thing happened and he wanted to address it, his brother talked him into it. And apparently, did you pull some clips off of his interview? I, oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing on YouTube the other day. It's about seventeen minutes. Um, and you know, I don't. I'm not a big. Uh, I'm not a big back patter. I, I I don't. I don't throw compliments out willy-nilly. It's not always the greatest thing I've ever seen just because I just saw it. Right. I'm not one of those people. Giannis is a pretty special dude. He he really is. And if anybody has 15 minutes to kill, fire up the Bucks app or go on YouTube and watch his press conference. And just you listen to his reasonings for staying and well, and that's where I'm going to give you an attaboy because that's everything that you've talked about for the last umpteen years of when he re-signed to now extended this time. All the reasons that you have listed about family and and mom and kids and all the stuff and loyalty. It's like all those things that he cherishes. Notice you don't hear a mention of money because he knows he's going to make money anywhere. It's got to be all those secondary mm-hmm. reasons 
and well, which are primary for the him. real the real reasons, right? Yeah, but he went through, and it was the most shared thing. They ran through probably about a good two paragraphs of what he talked about, and he rattled off all those things. You've been loyal to me since I. Since you drafted me, you helped develop me. I've raised my kids. My kids are in school. My mom's here. This, that, and the other. This is what I home. I know my way around Milwaukee. They leave me alone, and they respect me, and they let me do my thing. And I can go here, and I can do this. And, like, he just ran through it all, and it's like, it's a Mm no-brainer. And the fact that he said that, and it approached the deadline, and he talked to his brother, and his brother said, fucking go sign it, man. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh. Okay, maybe maybe I should rethink this, and then he did. Mm-hmm. It was very, it was a cool story and a timeline to read about how that all came to happen. Yeah, and and you know, and they're going to be good, and yeah. you know, they got a chance to win championships here in the near future. Um, the extension now lines up his contract with Lillard. Um, you know, and and he gave up a little money on the front end. But it's going to allow him. There's there's just some weird contractual rules. It should it will allow him in another two years to sign an, another a new extension, and then in another two years after that he can sign another extension. Which he said, and he mentioned here, it'll allow me to re up and redo. And and it's like he had that in mind. Yeah, I, unless it's a disaster in the next two to three years, which I mean. Not winning the title is not a disaster, right? But you know, if like if they if all of a sudden like they're like the eight seed or struggling to make the play in, that would be a disaster, and that ain't gonna happen. I have a hard time believing Giannis doesn't retire a buck, unless unless they don't win a title. He's thirty six years old, and he's just like, hey man, I, I want to go play with a contender, you know, yeah. Luca or something like that. Okay. But and would you blame him at that point? No, not if they haven't won another one by then. But you know, it, it, just his appreciation for where he is. It, it's it's cool to to have a guy be that great, that successful. But he doesn't take it for granted. And um, you know, he talked about how he's um, he saves the pen that he signs these contracts with and he gives them to his mom and he's now his mom now has four pens and he'd like to get up to six or seven pens with the bucks and it's just you know kind of cool little stuff like that that um you know I was talking to my dad about it and it's it's very young like to me you know is he as popular as a Farver or Rogers in the state of Wisconsin, probably not because the Packers are king here. But I think it's undeniable that he's a better guy and an easier guy to root for. Well, that's not a question. And it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like Yount and Molitor in a way. Like, Molitor was probably a little bit better than Yount, but Yount was the man. Yount was the guy. Yount wanted to be here. Yount never said a bad thing. He, you know, and, and he's still doing and it. And he's still doing it. And, I I would I haven't heard anybody ask this question of Giannis, but I was thinking about it as I was watching his press conference. I would I would be curious to know, um, you know, he's got a small stake with the Brewers ownership. I think he's got a stake in probably a soccer team because he's a European guy, and they 
for some reason like soccer over there. Um, <laughs> I would be curious to know if when he's done, if he would like to own part of the Bucks. Obviously, you know, you quote unquote can't go there right now. But I just I wonder if that's something that he looks down the road in like, you know, ten years when he's forty. Be kind of cool if Giannis owned ten percent of the team. Is that something that would appeal to him? Um maybe when he's done with the Bucks, maybe he moves back to Greece and we never see him again. Who knows? I doubt it. But um I, I'm just happy that he's here. He's here for the foreseeable future. It's hilarious how fucking much the media hates it. It's hilarious how salty some of these guys are because they were wrong again. I don't get it. He was even asked by uh, Ozarski, um, longtime Packer reporter, now doing the Bucks for the Journal Sentinel. He was asked something to the effect of, do you kind of get tired that nobody ever believes you when you say this stuff? And Giannis just kind of smiled and shrugged his shoulders. He's like, eh, you know, whatever. They can believe whatever they want to believe. But, you know... Brian Windhorst, a.k.a. The Blob, said on um, ESPN multiple times the last couple weeks how the Bucks are in trouble because Giannis had said what he had said about maybe leaving. And uh, then he signs the contract, and then it becomes more of, well, I don't know why he signed this. He shouldn't have signed this. It's like, hey, man, he ain't playing in Miami. He don't want to be a Laker. He's not going to the Knicks. It ain't happening. He's happy where he is. Deal with it. You just got to deal with it. And um, but then it I just get it. I get such a kick out of it. How many more times is this going to happen? And they are just going to keep on track with what till the next time he's extension eligible again. Been, they've been wrong, and they'll keep being wrong. Yeah, it's a strange thing. Wow. All right, so they got the uh, the opening game tonight against the Sixers. I am the hardened thing that I've watched this weekend <laughs> and read about is just mind blowing to me. So I asked. This question of Grizz, who's probably our biggest NBA fan uh, at work, uh, and he watches the most basketball. Uh, I trust, obviously, your word over anybody else's as, as that is concerned. I asked, who is the biggest bitch in the NBA? And his first answer was not James Harden. What would your answer Kyrie? be? Kyrie? No. LeBron? Yes. Okay. That's well, what that, he yeah, said. That, I mean, and that, that's it, fair. It, but, he said, but he clarified, he says, well, on the court. And I said, okay. What about off the court? And he said James Harden. Yeah. Would that be your also? Would that be your answer as well? Yeah. You're, you're clearly getting Kyrie up there. I mean, him and Kyrie are kind of, you know, two sides of the same coin. Okay. They're very willing and able to sabotage a situation because of their their feelings. So Harden picks up his player option, and then from that point, he says, "Trade me to the Clippers." Well, yeah, and that's kind of where the that's kind of where we don't really know the truth because he, he says the the he, ownership is fractured beyond repair. Well, he picked up the option because it allowed him to make the most money. He could have declined the option and been a, a free agent this summer and gone wherever the hell he wanted, but he didn't want to give up the money. So he picked up the contract, and it seems like he's taking the position that he picked up the contract and was – in communication with Philadelphia that, hey, I'm going to pick up my option, but you're going to trade me. And they said, sure, we'll, we will do that. The problem is, 
with these these athletes. And listen, Damian Lillard found this out as well. There's not a lot of options out there for these guys in their 30s that are making 50 million a year when you have a $160 million salary cap. I mean, that's just math. You're going to take up a third of the cap. Um, and Philadelphia is sitting there going, well, we have the MVP of the league on our team. And we have a really, really nice young player in Tyrese Maxey, and we've got another pretty good player in Tobias Harris. Like, we're trying to make the finals. So we'll trade you, but we're not going to just trade you Give for you a bunch away. of shit. Right. We want to get we want to get potentially a nice draft pick for you, but we want to get two guys that can come in and play because we're trying to make the finals because we got this other dude, Embiid, who's 30, who's looking around going, well, Giannis has got a title. Jokic has got a title. Uh, LeBron and AD are together. Durant and, and uh, Booker are together. You got all these situations, and Embiid's kind of sitting there going, well, what, what about here? me? Right. And you don't want to play here. So I appreciate, okay, Harden, you want to go somewhere else. Well, then you shouldn't have signed the extension. Bottom line, you know, you got to make sacrifices in life. Russell Westbrook wanted to stay with the Clippers. He signed for $3 bucks. $3 million. This is a dude that was a top 75 all-time player. He's been an MVP. $3 bucks. That's like what Crowder's making on Milwaukee. So, I don't have a lot of sympathy for Harden. He's not playing tonight. Nope. He may not. He, he may not play this weekend. He may not play for them ever again. I, I really don't know. It's a mess. All right. Uh, go through the uh, Bucks depth chart of what we're going to look at when we watch him. All right. Well, the rotations are going to be interesting, and I think early on in the season, I'm not going to make too much out of out of minutes and who's playing with who. But right now, as we sit. Dame and Cameron Payne are your point guards. Okay. Malik Beasley, I think, will get the start at the two. Connaughton backing him up. Middleton is your small forward. Um, I think right now Crowder will be his backup, but Crowder can also play some small ball at the four as well. The uh, Bochamp and uh, Jackson Jr., the, the second-round pick this year, I think those guys are going to get some time early on to see kind of what they can do at the at the small forward spot. Power forward, you got Giannis Portis backing him up, and like I said, we may see some Crowder. And then at center, we got Brook, we got Bobby backing him up, and then we have Robin Lopez yep. as well. Um, you know, the young guys with Bochamp and Jackson Jr. are going to be interesting this year because those are two guys that are very athletic. They're very young. They're they're very long. They're the kind of guys that you hope by April when you're staring down the barrel of having to play guys like Tatum and Brown in Boston, Butler in Miami. Um, those are the kind of athletes that you want to be able to throw at these guys mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Might only be for three, four minutes at a time, but... Just to just to give Middleton and Crowder and Beasley and Connaughton a break, it's nice to be able to have these guys around to do that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking for for some steps out of those guys. I mean, Bochamp, you know, first round pick. Bucks haven't gotten a lot out of 
their most recent first round picks. I mean, about the best one they've had in the last six or seven years has probably been DiVincenzo. And he was all right, but he didn't even get a second contract. So um, I know the Bucks are looking for big things from, from Marjan. And um, everything I've heard, he's had a really good camp and he, and he had a nice summer league. So we'll see. Okay. Um, you want to go through the rest of the league? Yeah, just touch on a couple teams. Yep. Um, in the East, Boston's going to be very good. Okay. I watched them last night. Uh, Porzingis had 30. Looked great. Um, we'll see. I, I don't trust his health. Um, Al Horford's like 38. They lost uh, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, and Marcus Smart, the three guys who were the most difficult defenders for Giannis to deal with on Boston. They did add Drew Holiday, of course, and we all know about Drew. He's a great player, but there's still only one ball. And with him and Tatum and Brown and Porzingis all on the floor at the same time, that's a lot of guys that want to score or can score, but you know they're going to have to figure that out. Philly, I already talked about. Um, Knicks are going to be all right. They're feisty. They're well-coached. they got some tough, hard-nosed players. The team I'm looking to make a step this year, and if there's somebody that could certainly knock the Bucks off of their, their title reign in the Central Division, it's Cleveland. Um, they got everybody back from last year. They started off last year really well. Then they had a bunch of injuries. I think they ended up in the four seed. Um, but Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Eric, uh, Evan Mobley, um, they got a nice young core of guys. And um, they, they'll have a chance to have a nice season. The West is loaded. Um, Davis and LeBron with the Lakers. Jokic and Murray with Denver. Beal, Booker, KD with the Suns. Um, Kawhi and Paul George with the Clippers. You got Draymond, Clay, Steph, Chris Paul with Golden State. So a lot of talent in the West. It's just going to be um, health is a, is a big problem because you know, the Lakers, their two guys are, are old and brittle. Clippers, two guys are old and brittle. The Warrior guys are old and brittle. Durant has kind of become old and brittle. So the margin of error for some of these teams is going to be pretty small. I, I have a hard time believing Denver's not winning the West. Jokic, Jokic I guess, is the best player in the league, but... He's like a quarterback. It's it. It kind of reminds you of like a, a quarterback in the old West Coast offense, where it was like, yeah, he's good, but like everything is so perfectly run, and everybody's right where they're supposed to be. Where it's like all you got to do is make the correct throw. Right. Like I was watching the game the other night, and there was a play where Jokic got the ball on the elbow, and Michael Porter Jr. was on the wing. And it was like Porter Jr. could either come on a dribble handoff or he could pop out or he could back cut. Okay, so he back cuts. And as soon as he does that, the guy in the opposite corner is a shooter and LeBron is guarding that guy. So as soon as Porter Jr. back cuts, LeBron comes in to help. And Jokic doesn't even really even need to look. He just knows He knows that guy standing wide open in the corner and he just throws it to him. Now, the guy missed the shot, but... That's why a guy like Jokic can average a triple-double and get 10 assists, 11 assists as a center 
because the offense, everything runs through him, and they've got all these predetermined actions and spots, and you're almost just more thrown to a spot as opposed to the guy. And and like I said, we saw this for years with the Packers with you know the old slant play. Right. We're like just one, two, three, it's Boom. coming out, yep. and Robert Brooks or Donald Driver or whoever, Freeman. you better your ass better be there because the ball's gonna be there. And it's kind of the same thing with Denver and and they're very good. So Okay. It's gonna be tough to tough to see anybody beating them in the West. Okay. What else you got? Um I got a couple shitter get off the pot, guys. <laughs> and it's kind of like um, they're, they're younger guys. They're guys that have had a little bit of individual success. They've had zero team success. And it's kind of to the point with them now where it's like, are you a franchise guy or not? Um, the first guy's Trey Young. Oh, my favorite. And outside of that one run where they made the conference finals in 2021, Atlanta's really done pretty much nothing. Um, and even that year... It was just a wonky thing. They upset Philadelphia at the, at a time when Philadelphia was going through that whole Ben Simmons meltdown, mm-hmm. and it just kind of screwed them up. If you play that series ten times, Philadelphia probably wins at nine. Um, but you know, last year they went out and they got Dejounte Murray to play with Trey. That didn't work. They've traded away some other guys here in the off season. John Collins, especially, um, that didn't work super well with Trey. It's just going to be um, interesting to see, can you win with a ball-dominant small guard who's a liability defensively? And it's really never worked. The clo- I mean, Steph Curry is technically small, but he's 6'3". Trey Young's 5'11". You know, same thing with Dame. Like, Dame's about 6'1". Dame's small. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks are going to have their issues defensively. Um, Trey Young has been exploited every single year on that end of the floor. It just so he he's got to figure that out. Second guy Zion he had oh, a really kidding. nice game last night, uh, like twenty three and ten. But can he stay on the floor? I was just gonna say, when is your, your first injury popping? Yeah, up? can you stay on the floor? Can you stay in shape? Can you be a professional? And um. Can you elevate the guys around you? It's one thing to put up numbers. And um, it's another thing to bring some people along with you. So that's uh, that's one to watch. Okay. Same draft class, LaMelo Ball. Um, Bulls, you got, you, you got, Bulls right? Uh, Hornets. Okay. You got nice highlights. Um, sometimes you score 30, but you've been in the league two years. Your team's awful. And, again, you get taken off the floor late in games because you can't guard anybody. And it's hard It's hard for me to call you a star if you're one of the worst in the league at half the game. Right? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make, it, it's like, I don't know. It, it, you're basically like a DH. At this point. Who am I thinking of on the Bulls? Is that Lonzo Ball? That's Lonzo's the, the one that was on the Bulls. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. this is the younger one. Gotcha. Um, and then the last guy, um, it's a little early, so I may be pushing it here. He's only in year three, but Cade Cunningham, number one pick in the draft two years ago out of Oklahoma State. He's on the Pistons. Um, he was hurt a majority of last year, but he had 30 last night in their debut. I think he's going to be a star. 
but he's got to he's got to show me a little bit more this year. He's got to play. Um, there's some other guys in that rookie class from that that 2021 class. Jalen Green on Houston. He's averaged 20 points a game. The team stunk. You you, you got to get some wins. Um, Scotty Barnes on Toronto. You put up decent numbers, but can you be the guy? So there's there's some young players in the league. I'm kind of waiting to see. You know, we talked. I've talked the last couple of years. I'm a big fan of Anthony Edwards on Minnesota, and I have been since he got drafted. Last year he made a leap, and then this summer with Team USA he made yep, another leap. For sure, and he's kind of separated himself from his age group as he's kind of the guy right now. It'll be interesting to see who else kind of goes with him or who falls by the wayside. And, you know, we see it in football and we see it in basketball. Like, about year three, year four, okay. you kind of have an idea of where these guys are going to be. Um, and then, you know, not a shit or get off the pot guy, but the last guy, obviously, to keep your eye on this year is Wembayama. Spurs. Watched him last night. Um Constant foul trouble. Really? Uh, I think that's going to be a problem for him all year. He's very thin. He People are going to go at, at his him, body. He's sure. going to block shots because he's 7'3". Get his, into him. And his arms are yep. like an alien. But, yeah, if you get into that body, and he, and he does what young guys do, they reach. And he got called for that last night, and I think he's going to get a lot. I think he's going to have a lot of nights where his numbers look shitty because he, he spends a lot of time on the bench yeah. getting in foul trouble. But I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to have no problem even this year scoring the ball. I think he's going to average between 15, 19 a game probably. But it's the other stuff. You know, can you rebound? Can you defend the perimeter? Um, can you stay on the floor? So we'll we'll see. All right. Bucks and Sixers tonight. I, I only got about... Eight or nine minutes, yeah. and, and then I got to go get the kids. So college basketball, and I know you want to get to some NIL stuff. So the preseason polls are out for college hoops. Marquette's got everybody back, right? Everybody but Prosper. Okay. He's on the Mavericks And now. I saw Joplin got a preseason watch list for something. I don't remember what. Okay. I don't remember because they just well, handed those out. Well, I think Kolick's preseason first team All-American. Okay. Um, which isn't too shocking. Um yeah, I didn't see that about Joplin. So I'm not it was sure. in the same article where they they put Tyler Wall on the Julius Irving small forward list. Okay, and then they listed Joplin in there for something else, I think too, but I don't okay. know what it was. Um, but Marquette's everybody starts on Monday the sixth. Yep. So you got um, Marquette playing NIU, and then the Badgers playing Arkansas State, the Red Wolves. Badgers play point next week in an exhibition. Do you know? Marquette has an exhibition game scheduled? I didn't look. Okay. I'm not sure. Right. I mean, look, it's very cool to be top five preseason. I think it's a little high. Okay. I would have thought maybe closer to nine or ten. Okay. But um, it, it, it's exciting. You know, Marquette's got a chance to have a really good, really fun season. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. For sure. Um, and uh, losing losing Omax Prosper is going to be tough to replace. Uh, he, he did a... He was kind of the Swiss Army knife for them last year, doing a lot of different stuff. Um, Joplin's going to move into his spot in the starting lineup, but Joplin's probably four inches and 25 pounds smaller. So that that could potentially be an issue. And listen, uh, the Badgers are going to be the Badgers. 
They're going to win their 20 to 24 games. They're going to finish fourth through sixth in the Big Ten. They're going to make the tournament, and they're going to either lose in the second game or they're going to lose in the Sweet 16. <laughs> That's just who they are. Right. And I don't, I don't see that changing. I think the kid they got from St. John's, the transfer, I think he's really going to be good. Okay. I think he's going to help them a lot. Um, but the question is going to be for them who's on the floor because he's a he's like a 6-1 guard. You got Chucky Hepburn, you got a Siegen, and you got Klesmet. You probably can't play all four at once. So one of those guys is going to be the odd man out in some of your crucial situations because you're going to play wall and you're going to play crawl. Those guys got to be on the floor because you got to have some size. So that'll be interesting to watch, but... I think it's going to be a fun season in state. We got two teams that are going to be pretty good. They got a chance to do some stuff in in March. You know, I'm not going to sit here and predict Marquette's going to make a Final Four because who the hell knows. But it's going to be an entertaining year, and, and that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool. And and both teams got some kids from Wisconsin on on their rosters that are going to play and contribute. So that's always fun to see. All right, we uh, we're gonna do remember that guy uh, next week. Yeah, which, we don't have which, time this week, which, which I've really been liking. I like that you've kept that going because there <laughs> there's some names when I read, I'm like, oh my god, I do remember. There's that some guy. stuff when I've gone through it, like when I did Charlie Huff last week. I was like, holy shit, he pitched for 25 years. I remember him being around for crazy. Four, yeah, yeah, well, so that's, that's been kind that's of fun. Good. Uh, you wanted to talk about name, image, likeness stuff that's well, happening. Eh, I, I was on John Barry's show yep. about a week and a half ago, and I brought this up, but I brought it up at the end of the show, so we didn't really have much time to talk about it. The reason why it's on the top of my mind is a couple weeks ago, um, Con Knapel, who's the top basketball recruit in Wisconsin, and he's a five-star kid, one of the top recruits in the nation, um, decided to go to Duke. And the Badgers were one of his finalists and had been heavily involved in recruiting him since he was like, you know, a freshman or a sophomore over, he goes to Wisconsin Lutheran over in Milwaukee. Um, And, you know, inevitably when Wisconsin, especially Marquette to a lesser degree, but especially Wisconsin and Greg Gard, when they don't get these guys, it, it turns into this barrage of the guard can't recruit guard sucks. You got to fire guard. Well, it's hard to compete with Duke. It's hard to compete with North Carolina. It's hard to compete with Kentucky, Kentucky like when they lost Kansas. Hero. Those those blue blood schools, just name and tradition and history and professional opportunities and better Final Four opportunities, that's all in one bowl that's really, really hard for the teams we cheer for around here to compete with. It just is. It's, it's no different than... Badgers trying to compete with Ohio State and Michigan in football. Right. We get guys out of Ohio to come here for the Badgers, but they're not the guys that are going that, to Ohio State. They're, the they're, guys, they're, the they're, they're the tier below. That's right. So my question with all of this is, though, what did Duke give Con Knapel or promise him, or promise him financially mm-hmm. to get him to go to Duke? Was it just, hey, it's Duke? Or was it, hey, it's Duke, and we're going to set you up with this mattress company in here in Durham, and they're going to pay you one hundred and twenty-five grand this year. And he goes back to Madison and says to Guard, hey, this is what I'm getting. And Guard goes, well, 
We can only give you twenty grand. And we'll set at 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 at, Ber- at Bergstrom at Ian's Pizza. Right, right. <laughs> I kind of feel like we as fans need to know that. I kind of feel like we need to know what these athletes are making in NIL money because if we're going to then if it's going to turn around and it's going to be we're going to throw shit at all these coaches we know what they all make we're going to throw shit at these coaches and we're going to hold the administration's feet to the fire we're going to be like McIntosh you got to get rid of guard you got to get rid of guard you got to get rid of guard well Greg Gard can't just come up with $100,000. So you're not looking at it from the status of what the athletes are getting. You're looking at the status of what the programs are promising. And if it's not the head coach that can do anything about it, we shouldn't be holding him responsible. Yeah, I I think the Badgers should be able to come out and say, we couldn't afford him. Right. I think that. He got more be, to go I, elsewhere. Well, and, and I would be fine if at the beginning of the season it comes out some kind of a list of the players and what they're making. The, if Dion's kid wants to make can can make four million dollars being the quarterback at Colorado, I don't begrudge him. I just feel like we should know that. Mm-hmm. We should know that the reason why the Badgers can't get Dion's son. Let's just pretend that Dion's not the coach, right? The reason why he can't, we can't get that guy because we, we can't afford him. That's not the coach's fault. That might not even be the school's fault, right? Because I don't even know how all this stuff no, works. No, me neither. It's it's about who in the community with with donors and yeah. boosters and businesses and who's willing to give to donate to this pile of money that we're spreading out to all these guys. For all I know, Mike Shashevsky wrote a personal check for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Might have. Who's who knows? Don't know. I don't have a problem with it but if the, that's the case. But if the NCAA has no jurisdiction over well, this, they, we're they, never gonna. They hide behind the privacy stuff. They treat it. They hide behind the the family privacy stuff with the money the way they do with the uh, the medical. And it's not the same. Uh, no. And 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 I've and I know the naysayers would say, well, you know, if. Okay, Con Canapel, let's say he's making $500,000 and then they go play North Carolina State and the kids at North Carolina State are giving him shit because he's having a bad game and he's making all this money. Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of being a professional. And when you take money, I don't care if you're going to biology class, if you're taking money to play a sport, you're professional. You just are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what do you think? Am I off base on no. that? That we should no. we should probably know a little bit more about I'd like this. to know some because if we're going to hold people in contempt yeah. and say that they're not doing their job when it might not be totally under their control, then I think we should be putting blame or giving credit to the actual people that deserve it. Yeah. If Listen, if you're pissed off that the Badgers aren't getting these guys, walk down... To the first couple rows behind the bench at the call center. See who's there. And talk to the red sweater vests that write the checks. Because those are the guys that have the money. It's not Greg Gard. Right. It's not his it's not Sharif Chambles and the coaching. It's not Joe Krabinoff. He's going up the ladder. Yes. To find that information out. Exactly. We have covered a lot. Next week I want to get to Whitewater. Uh, and I'm hopeful that uh, the uh, game against Platteville will go our way. It's homecoming. I know you'll be there. <laughs> <That's sad. laughs> 
Whitewater homecoming. No. Um, it's going to be a tough game. And then the last two games, got to go to point. You're at home against Eau Claire. Should be wins. It's going to come down to this one. If they win, they should get either a share of the title and then also a potential at-large berth. Le- but legit national title contender this year? I don't know. Still too early to tell? Still too early to tell. I'll see who's in the field. Huh. But it, but but it's possible. It's great being back. Yeah. It, it was don't good. know when you'll be back again. I don't know but, again you know, either. We'll, but we'll see. We've got about an hour and a half of this. Thanks for listening. To the intentional follow, i got to go pick up my kids. Um, thank you for downloading. Please subscribe, and please tell your friends about us and give uh, try, have them give us a chance. Yeah. That would be nice. Uh, until then, do we run on music? I, nope. I fucked it up at the end Still of last going. week, so fun. this is already better right. than that. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We'll talk to you soon. Go Bucks. <laughs>